Welcome back to a magical podcast, funky listeners. Magical podcast called Funk Radio. This it's is your magical host. dreamboat. That and too. I'm Yeah. Neither one of us got our names out. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking that. I'm like, wait, who did Peter say Peter? Okay, well should, now I'll say Peter. So we hi, should switch roles. Me. You can be Kyle, I'll be Peter. Role play. Me. Not just for the bedroom, kids. Also for your ear holes. <laughs> so I'm Peter, and that's Kyle. Hi. Just to be clear. I want to be Peter. Um, yeah. You so, always get to be Kyle. <laughs> I know. So, Kyle, what are we talking about this time? Oh, gosh. Well, before we get started with the topic for today, I wanted to thank our listeners um, for good amount of success we've had on our... Uh, soundcloud and itunes lately yay uh i checked recently and our itunes downloads is up to 1400 which is pretty fantastic also considering that we haven't really been on itunes for the last like two years because of some technical difficulties where they wouldn't let us post stuff on there anymore Mm -hmm. but thanks to our soundcloud account we can put it on there again and the numbers have been pretty sweet i also want to point out that our listens and downloads for our la- our most pre- previous episode, the one about butts. In some cases, it's already done better than the episode, the past two episodes before it, in nice. much less time. Um, Probably because it has the word butts in it. Yeah. <laughs> so as much as we, as much as we were joking about like how that was a dumb topic, I think it has. I enough. think butts speak to people. That that's that's true. Well, what probably happens is. They type into Google, funky butts, but then they realize that they have safe ser- they have safe search on, so they're not getting porn, they're just getting us. So we're kind of like a replacement for porn then? Yeah, basically the only thing above us in Google searches is porn, so thus if you turn off turn on safe search, we're the top. I don't I'm know not, if that's really I, true, I, I'm just I'm not, I'm not sure uh, what funky butts would actually bring up, but you listeners can tell us on Facebook. So anyway... <laughs> Uh, I just wanted to interject that little thing before we get started. So thanks, listeners, for Thank supporting you. us through your listening. We love you. We do. The next step is for you listeners to support us with money. <laughs> <laughs> we love you. Give us money. <laughs> just kidding. See, all, see, all we have to do is become like those televangelist people and be like, praise Jesus, give us money. Lord Jesus, baby Jesus. And then we'll have like little old ladies sending us envelopes full of cash, and we'll be in the in the green. Pun intended. <laughs> well, spoilers for our plans in the future, I guess. Yeah, we're gonna start but, a funky church. <laughs> <laughs> but what are our plans for the present, Kyle? Uh, our plans for the present is we want to do an album review because we haven't done that in a while. Yay! Hooray! We did a yeah. movie review two episodes ago. That was pretty dope. Up the whiz. Yeah, we're we're trying to sprinkle in some more, exactly like that, like media reviews of sorts, because we kind of been dropping the ball on that a little bit. Just because, I mean, in our particular genre, we very rarely even stumble across new stuff that comes out, you right. know, that is noteworthy. But it's it's not like a genre like hip hop, for example, where like there's like a thousand new albums uh, every, every month. week. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but I did stumble across one artist 
in i don't know i think i was just browsing through amazon or something and he popped up as like one of the best-selling uh lps i i don't know whatever Mm. on amazon and i was like oh let me check him out and this guy is like super soul dude sounds (laughs) sounds like some sort of like baby love fest between sam cook and otis redding Mm -hmm. and this guy's album just came out end of june june 24th so what is this guy's name I'm not going to tell you. That's the whole point. I'm building it up. God oh, damn, Peter. Sorry. You don't know the, you don't know the art of showmanship. Uh, um, apparently I don't. It's okay. We st- I still love you. You can be my, <laughs> you can be like the pen and teller assistant. You can be a teller. You don't talk. Kidding. I love you. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> no, no, I'm just, I'm, I'm effing with you. <laughs> so yeah, this guy, uh, his name is Leon Bridges, which is, cool name he is a 25 year old kid from fort worth who came out with his first album uh i guess freshman album as you would call it through columbia records just this past june and it is a super super soulful album that's actually jumping up the charts pretty quickly last i checked it was number six on the u.s album charts nice which is pretty dope and that album is called coming home yes I can't believe he's 25. Holy crap. Right? That means yeah. he's our age and he's way up there on the charts and we're and we're nothing. We're else. we're coming up in porn searches on Google. <laughs> hey, to each their own. Got to start somewhere. <laughs> See, we're doing it. We're doing it backwards. Most like artists become famous and then fall from grace and end up doing porn. We're starting off doing porn and then flipping becoming famous. That's totally how that works, right? Um, but yeah, so this, this Leon Bridges guy, he's from Texas, and I guess because, you know, now we're tracking streaming music as well as actual physical music sales, on top of being, you know, number six in album sales, he also was in the top ten most viral track on Spotify. I don't know how you quantify that, but I assume it's based on Probably, I guess, the most number of plays in a given amount of time. I was exactly, yeah, like number of streams within a certain period so that it's quote unquote gone viral because, you know, super fast. And which song was that? Which song was that? That particular song was the title song, Coming Home. Okay. The thing I like about the album, I guess, as a whole, is it's short. It's only 10 songs. The songs themselves are fairly short, you know, because soulful songs are always kind of short. Yeah, actually, the the album is thirty four minutes long. Yeah, and they're they're all a very obvious homage to the greats like Sam Cooke, uh, Otis Redding, Marvin Gaye. But they they all kind of have a little bit. I wouldn't say they all they all have a different sound, but there's enough variance in there that it's not all just early sixties doo wop crooner. There's some that have a bit faster paced, or some that are slower. Mm-hmm. Um, the title song "Coming Home" is obviously by far the most popular track on the album. I would probably say it's the best track personally. I mean, if you pop over on YouTube and watch the video, I think it has like twelve million views or something. I don't know. I'm bad at math. Wow. Well, it's not math as much as just reading. <laughs> I'm bad at going on YouTube. Oh, come on, internet's. Oh, I was way off. Two point six million views, which is still decent. That's a lot. Well, it's more uh, views than we get. Yeah, exactly. He's more famous than us. I'm jealous. Huh? So, I, mean, I, I wouldn't say I don't. I don't know if it's my favorite song. I mean, it probably could be. I mean, it's definitely I, my top three. 
I like that, but the one that might might edge it out for me is the song Better Man. Yeah. I don't know about you. Yeah. Um, it's a little bit less popular, but I just really, really like the lyrics to it, and it's all about just him wanting to be a good man for his girlfriend, spouse, whatever. Which is something you don't really hear a lot in music today. It's all about, like, mm. slap them hoes into ass. <laughs> Instead of, like, no, I'm going to be a good boyfriend. Not even good, but better. Yeah, exactly. Um, here's a question. Do we mm. want to go through... Since Actually, since there are only ten songs... We could probably pop through We probably all. could just go through them all, right? Uh-huh. So if you wanted to go through, we could just start from coming home, which we already just mentioned. That is the first song on the album as well, so that's a good place to start. Yeah. Um, was there anything in particular that you wanted to say about this one? I don't know. I mean, I... I understand why it's the most popular song on the album, just because, I don't know, it seems like the most, I don't want to say put together, but it seems like the most constructed. There's a lot of stuff going on, you know, there's backing, mm. there's backing singers, there's reverb, there's all the, all the checkboxes of, you know, early 60s to mid 60s R&B, mm. but it's still... I don't know. I like it, but it wasn't my favorite. And which is funny because this was actually the first song that I heard when I went to go research who this guy was. Mm. I'm like, oh shit, this is awesome. But then in going through, there was other songs I liked better. Mm. Um, you know, if we were gonna get into a genre discussion, we don't necessarily have to for more than a minute or so, but I felt that this song even possibly more so than the others, or just kind of speaking about the album in general, I felt that this felt a little bit more doo-woppy than soulful yeah. i think this song in particular maybe just this one yeah i can see that i can definitely see that and you know i i don't know if i can say with words the most accurate description of you know, how to differentiate the two yeah between doo-wop and soul doo-wop yeah. seems more i mean unfortunately for in this instance doo-wop usually is like harmonious crooning you know multiple guys whatever mm-hmm. which isn't happening in this case, but I, I, I think that kind of essence is reproduced by the overuse of not overuse, but the but the use of reverb in certain songs to kind of make it sound like it's multiple people singing. Mm. So this one definitely has a lot of that. And it does have like the backing singers. And I think well. it's that kind of slow do 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 you know that, that slow beat that mm. a lot of like late fifties, early sixties do up songs have. Yeah. So I think the pace kind of sets that tone a lot, too. That's true. Uh, should we play a short clip from Coming Home? I think we should. Baby, baby, baby I'm coming home To your tender sweet Love you're my One and only one uh, The song after that in the, in the album, uh, Better Man, we already kind of started talking about that one a bit. Um, Kai, you were saying that lyrically you you seem to like this one a lot. Yeah. Um, I mean, the only, only thing I didn't like about this song is, on this particular song, more so than most, he's kind of promising this this love, uh, you know, this girl I, that basically, I assume, left him, that he's going to be a better man for her. And because of that, you'd think there'd be a lot of emotion to him wanting to get this girl back. Like Even in a part of the song, he says, oh, I'll swim the Mississippi River to get you back. Mm. It seems like stuff like that, there should be just a smidge more emotion put mm. into it. 
I mean, when you hear guys like Sam Cooke and Otis Redding, they're putting every absolute ounce of emotion into everything they sing, and it's fairly obvious. Um, this one, it seems like he's close, but not 100% there. I don't know. I don't know if it's because maybe, I don't know, maybe he didn't write it himself. Maybe he did. Maybe, mm. you know, he never lost a girl, so it's hard to find that emotion. I, I, I don't know. I, I think I'd have to listen to it again. Because, you know, listening through this album and that song, though, basically just one time over. Although I think I have heard some of these songs a couple of times. It didn't really ever occur to me that he wasn't as emotional as he could be. Um, so I would I, I would have to listen to it again before I could comment on that. But you said that you've kind of heard that same idea from other sources. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've just been popping through a different a couple of reviews. I've it seems like some of the reviewers had similar sentiment. So, mm. on just that song, or in, like overall, um, mostly on that song, but other songs in general. It just seems like there's it's a great homage to the genre that a lot of people see, but they don't see a lot of himself in it. If that makes any sense. Mm. Like there's like it's like oh it's Leon Bridges doing Sam Cooke not Leon Bridges doing Soul with a bit of Leon Bridges in it. Interesting. I mean, I will say like f- from an overall perspective, like this album does a really good job of that, of sounding uh, like authentic, mm-hmm. kind of like that '60s soul sound. Yeah, it does. It doesn't sound forced. It doesn't sound fake. It, but it. Well, it doesn't even necessarily sound like a 2015 soul album you know no, i mean i mean it's maybe a little bit more cleaned up than older stuff mm. but not it doesn't sound like a lot more polished you know than than that original material so i i do i do give him credit for making something that sounds pretty authentic mm. in terms of the classical do up soul sound true um but whether or not that's himself or just replicating the style of other people. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, why don't we listen to a, a short clip of Better Man really quick? Okay. Just so our listeners can hear. What can I do? What can I do? To get back to your heart. I'd swim the Mississippi River if you would give me another start, girl. And after Better Man, uh, the third track is called Brown Skin Girl. I like the song. A lot. Yeah, me too. Oh, so funny thing that I found about this is one thing to note is that this kind of small resurgence of R&B and like, you know, other other record labels like that we've talked about before, like Daptone, have primarily become popular with middle, I shouldn't say middle age, but like 20s to 40s white people mm. because white people are like, oh, R&B, I love that stuff. Um, so it's not really resonating as much with the black community as as it is with the white community right now and there's a funny comment. sorry sorry wait, this song or i'm sorry okay. i'm sorry um i'm just talking this album and kind of the small resurgence of r&b in general not r&b okay. like yeah yeah not r&b like beyonce r&b but like the kind of resurgence of nostalgic r&b okay. like re- retro r&b i guess would be the best way to put it but what's funny is Bridges himself kind of comments on this phenomenon in an interview because he has the song called Brown Skin Girl. And in concerts, he'll ask, like, 
where are my brown skin girls at? And it's like, <laughs> there's, may, there's maybe one or two of them in the crowd. Oh, wow. It, he says, quote, it's a little awkward sometimes. I wouldn't have expected that. That's funny. So, because his music is, is kind of becoming more popular with nostalgic white folk, mm. it's it's kind of, I guess, ironic that he's calling out, you know, minorities, I guess. I don't know. It, that's that's funny, because I, actually I was thinking while I was listening to this album, like, this is probably, it, you know, it's, it's funny to see kind of this resurgence of the soul sound. Mm-hmm. these days but i feel like it's not gonna hit the mainstream as much as just be popular with like hipsters basically exactly and yeah. and that's kind of in line with what you were just describing yeah unfortunately and that's kind of the sad thing is, is like this nostalgia for old 60s music or whatever seems to be primarily a white yuppie hipster thing so i mean i won't complain because I, I i really enjoyed that we're getting some of this newer stuff mm-hmm. um but yeah, I, I guess uh, that's kind of a funny point that it's not really reaching out. To, it's not capturing black um, audiences. the black audience as much as, I, at least as personally, I would have thought. Probably because unlike white people, maybe a black people hear this and be like, oh, this is my, you know, this is my dad's music or this is my grandpa's music. So to maybe. them, maybe. more so than white people, it's like, it's very much the music of an older generation where they're always like wanting to move forward. Whereas... You know, hipster white people—they got you know—they like to listen to things that are different or obscure. Mm. And what's more, more obscure than, you know, '60s soul music? <laughs> I feel like that was such a commentary on this show. On us, <laughs> yes, yeah, a, a little um, bit. Why don't we listen to a quick clip of "Brown Skin Girl" and then we'll? I want I want to make another one or two comments about it. Okay. A couple things I want, a couple notes I wrote down um, about this song. One, it remi- this one in particular reminds me a lot of Sam Cooke. Yeah. Um, in particular, I felt that the, ar- the arrangement of this song felt pretty similar to his song "Sad Mood." Um, there's a couple other cases in this album where I actually wrote down where it sounds similar to an actual. Oh, yeah, that's old song. that's good because I was actually trying to think of what songs this sound these sounded similar to, and I don't know. Yeah. I couldn't rack my brain enough. Um, and you already mentioned Sam Cooke once or twice, but I felt that that he was really one of the like, the singers that that Leon Bridges captures. Oh yeah, in his style on this album. Um, I also wanted to I, I wanted to bring this up. Is the the name Brown Skin Girl is that a response to the song Blue Eyed Girl by Van Morrison? I have no idea. <laughs> and kind of I guess linked to that idea is the fact that the lyrics are kind of. I found it kind of refreshing that he's talking about a girl who he likes, but not in like a sexual context. Yeah. It's not like I met this girl at the club. She was grinding her ass. Like it was like, <laughs> you you know, but you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah, like, yeah. And so much of music today is like that. And I, I kind of felt it refreshing that it was kind of like a more simplistic, innocent version of that. And to, to, to sing about a girl in that context Mm-hmm. I felt it was kind of a nice reversal from a song such as Blue Eyed Girl because Blue Eyed Girl, obviously, that means she's white. Yeah. Where in this one, it's Brown Skin Girls, obviously, it's the opposite. But to see kind of like a positive, non-sexualized representation of that for a Brown Skin Girl, I felt that that was kind of a... Yeah, I, I I agree. It's funny when you mentioned the club grinding thing because I was just thinking right after that, I'm like, oh my God. And like, 
two years songs are gonna be like I saw that girl on Tinder and I swapped that shit left <laughs> <laughs> you know or right or I don't know which one means you like them I mean I'm surprised that isn't a thing now yeah right to be honest it's like oh that girl's Instagram photo it's so hot I swapped that shit right <laughs> like that's where we're heading <laughs> for love songs oh jeez so the fourth song uh, Smooth Sailing this I love this might song. be my favorite song on the album I like it because it's so it's much faster paced than most of the stuff I've noticed. Aside yeah, from, I, it also stuck out to me not only because of the tempo, but also like what genre would you say this song is? Because it felt a little bit different to me. It didn't quite feel like straight up like retro soul or whatever. It felt a little bit different from that, and maybe that's part of the reason why I liked it. Yeah, and I'm not really sure know. how to explain it. It just sounds a little bit kind of a shift away from that. It does. I agree. Um, I don't know what genre I would call it, but it kind of seems like... I don't know how do I say it. It's like some of that new funky stuff you're hearing, like Uptown Funk, how it's a bit more fast-paced. It seems like... I don't know. It's aiming more for like the danceable... The danceable crowd. I don't know. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. Maybe our listeners can listen really quick and see what they think yeah said i like the way said i like the way you say your ship now let me be your cargo i won't wear you down no honey i won't wear you down again that was called smooth sailing um i really i don't really have anything else written down for this other than i really liked it and (laughs) that kind of genre thing but i don't know how about you anything else um nothing really i mean i I don't know. I I agree with you. I liked it a lot. And to note, there's also a music video for this one. I like it. That's cool. You listeners should check that out on YouTube. Yeah, even in the comments I'm going through on on YouTube, everyone's just like, oh my god, it's, you know, it's Sam Cooke incarnate. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah, pretty much. Um, So track five, I'm kind of just moving along here. Uh, Track five is called Shine. Um... This one didn't leave a massive impression on me. No, although I will note it's one of two songs on this album that felt really gospely to me. Yes. Agreed. Very very much agreed. Because uh, it's got kind of like the slow organ. There isn't a whole lot of other instruments other than that. There's like the choir in the background. The lyrics are basically a prayer. Pretty much. More or less. So yeah, I mean, it's definitely so, uh, gospel inspired. And that's what's cool is... As I was saying earlier on with this album, it's like, it is R&B, but the different songs are obviously take inspiration from different subsets of R&B, doo-wop, gospel, mm. straight yeah. soul. It isn't so, just one thing, it kind of jumps around a little bit, but it still feels very homogenous, even yeah. within those little variations. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it is worth noting, too, that we've, you know, we've, we've said this, that gospel was a precursor to soul music as well mm-hmm. so i felt that that's kind of cool he's kind of going back and forth a little bit uh, should we let our listeners hear a little bit of shine okay please my transgressions let them blow in the wind like sand so tracks six and seven Lisa Sawyer and Flowers. Did you have anything noted on those? I didn't write anything down for those. 
Um, the one, the only thing I wanted to say about Lisa Sawyer is this one, I think, has a little bit more emotion to it than most, only because it's actually written about his own mom, which is kind of uh, nice. That make, okay. Does the song I make didn't more know, sense I didn't, to you I now? Didn't, I didn't know that, but now that I know that, it makes more sense, yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's it's very much a ballad for his mother, which kind of, uh, you know, allows him to put more personal feeling into it than some songs, which I kind of took. But So I thought it was a sweet song. I mean, it wasn't yeah. my favorite, but it's a sweet song about your mom. I enjoyed it's it. Good... I just didn't have anything like special to say about it, but that's interesting. I didn't know what it was about his mom. Mm-hmm. Let's listen to it quick, 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 blah, blah, blah. Listen to it. Branded with the name Lisa Sawyer. One more thing I'm actually noticing, because I have the Spotify page open Yeah. for this album. And if you listeners want, you can listen to the album on Spotify if you want, obviously, because we already mentioned it was pretty popular there. Um, it says copyright 2015 Lisa Sawyer 63 Inc. So I guess he named not the label, but whatever it was the, that put the album together mm-hmm. under exclusive license to Columbia Records. Huh. Um, he named it Lisa Sawyer 6. So I guess that's also named after his mom. Yeah, I guess so. That's Interesting. Cute. 63 might be it might have been the year she was born. Because when I think of like the age of my parents I was gonna say, and being the same sense. age as him, that would make sense. That, that works out. So interesting. That's cute. Um, so that was track six. Track seven is called "Flowers." What do you think about this one? Eh, not super. Very much, kind of fifties, fifties like twist and shout kind of dancey. You know, mm. it's funny because he has another song called "Twistin." Um, I actually did. I actually did feel that that yeah. I, um, I didn't write this down, but I remember thinking this that it did feel a little bit like almost like almost like classic rock and roll ish, like Chuck like Chuck Berry like Chuck type Berry stuff. type stuff. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Not entirely, but it definitely was going in that direction. Yeah, I I agree. It's like there's a little bit of Chuck Berry in there. I like that though, which it's which is accurate because he actually plays guitar. So, hmm. the, um. So I assume he gets a bit of inspiration from, you know, the old guitar players like Chuck Berry and uh, Little Richard and all that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, good song, just not, just not, you know, in the top five. Yeah, I will me. say there were there were no songs on this album that I didn't like, and that's yeah. actually really rare for me, personally. Yeah. Um, but just like, a, like I said, a couple of these, I didn't really have anything much to say about them. Same here. It's Even like I can, I, like lis- I can listen to the whole damn album like over and over because I like every song and it, it just has a good overall feel. It kind of, you know, if that's what you're looking for. Mm. But this just there's a couple songs where it's just like, I don't even remember the name of them until you... I'm like, oh yeah, that song. Yeah. Well, why don't we grace our listeners with a tiny piece of flowers? Okay. Flowers of the field here today, vanish in the wind. Uh, three more tracks on this album. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, Pull Away. What did you think about this one? Very much crooning, very much Sam Cooke, like, like others, but mm-hmm. trying to think. 
Not Sam Cooke, but... Um, um, I, I wrote down that this one reminded me a lot of Solomon Burke. Yes, thank you. I was going to say, um, shit, not... I'm going to space. Who's the guy that did, uh, in, not in the jungle. Yeah, in the jungle. Did in the jungle. Ben something. I don't know what you're referring to, sir. Ben, I don't know. I'm like having a stroke here or something. I'm like totally spacing on this major artist. Well, that might come to you before we end the show. Probably. Possibly. Like, like I was saying, it, this one reminded me a bit of Solomon Burke. Not his voice necessarily, but just the singing style. In general, I felt like the way he the way he sings, not the like way he sounds, but the style of his singing, I felt was similar to Solomon Burke. And then I wrote that it had, this song had a similar arrangement to "Goodbye Baby." I don't know if you're familiar with that one, but that's who's that by Solomon Burke. That's oh yeah, yeah. Like as as soon as this one started playing, I was like, oh man, it sounds a lot like this other song. Yeah, and I I totally did have a stroke. I was thinking of Benny King and "Stand by Me." Uh, okay. I don't know. I got a bit of that vibe, too. So who sang In the Jungle? I don't fucking know where I came up with that from. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I guess it's a common theme throughout the whole album. I guess we've been able to just kind of connect uh, Leon Bridges' different songs with different different, artists from the old days. Well, let's not pull away from a clip of this song. (laughs) Peter. It's been too long. Right so number nine of ten is called Twisting and Groovin. Uh, I felt it, it was kind of funny because so many songs back in the day of this period were variations of the twist. Yeah. But this doesn't really feel like one of those type of songs. Which is ironic. Yeah. Uh, I did write down that the beginning of the song reminded me of that's it i quit i'm moving on by sam cook yeah not necessarily because i think it kind of changes tempo after the first minute or so if i remember correctly but the beginning of it kind of sounded like that Mm -hmm. i also wrote down lyrically on this song i I found it kind of funny because we we mentioned I i don't think it was that long ago but we were talking about the whole the whole the lyrical theme of like i met her on the dance floor Etc. is really we've previously attributed that to disco songs which is very accurate um but i think it's worth mentioning that you know we didn't bring that up at the time but i think that was also that theme was along around you know long before then in kind of classic rock and roll doo-wop etc so that was definitely because like hearing that type of theme in this sort of soul doo-wop song didn't feel out of place and i made that made me realize oh you know there actually were songs like that mm-hmm. that had that theme, but I guess we just hadn't thought about that, at least when we brought up the whole disco thing. True. Yeah, the last song on the album, I, I can't decide oh. between this. Wait, are we out? Did, I, did we forget to play Twisted and Groovin'? We did. Okay, Twisted and Groovin'. <laughs> Sweet little girl from the night water, New Orleans. The way she dancing, you can see her from Tennessee. Up under that red dress. All right, so now we can. Now that we've listened to that clip, we can talk about the last song in this album. See, that River. shows that shows how immemorable that song was. Was I wanted to get to the last song? Um, you wanted to drown yourself in a river after hearing yeah. "Twisting and Grooving." 
yeah, I really can't decide between this and Lisa Sawyer if this is like in my top five uh, of the songs on the album, but I like mm-hmm. this one because it doesn't sound like any of the other songs, I think. Yeah, it's, it did feel a bit different. It's um, very much more broken down. It's him and a guitar, you know? Yeah, because I think as kind of as you were we're talking back to the beginning now, you're saying like coming home, the first track felt the most it's complete and produced this one kind of feels like the most raw stripped down i mean this does have a lot of that same gospel feel as uh shine yeah that's pretty much the only uh one of the only notes i wrote down for this especially you know in the chorus with that super reverby echoey background stuff and the tambourine but it Mm -hmm. still feels very stripped down and i like that it's almost like if you were to just listen to him in a room with a guitar it's a good ending song it's one of the few songs that doesn't have organ all over it too, which I think maybe <laughs> maybe kind of adds to that stripped down nature, because mm, yeah. organ is very much a product of soul music because gospel. Hmm. Uh, I wrote in this one that his voice, the way it sounds in this song, actually does remind me a lot of Bobby Womack. Yeah, I can see that. Where I didn't really catch that from any of his other songs, but this one, for some reason, caught me that way. Yeah, I can see that. Like like a like a more ballady Womack. Yeah, I think this probably would be my top five mm, okay. off the album, just because it sounds different than the rest. It's more stripped down. It's still kind of gospely, but it sounds a bit more personal, personable, mm. and he sounds like Bobby Womack. Well, with that, why don't we take you listeners down the river with a very short clip of the river, or not the river, it's just river. Surrender to the good Lord And then wipe your slate clean Take me to your river ah. um, We've already covered all 10 songs from this album. Like we said, it's only 10 songs. Uh, it's 34 minutes. As far as a modern album goes, that's not very long. Um, however, it does... You know, we've been talking the entire episode about how stylistically his songs fit the format of, you know, these older genres. But actually, in terms of the the length of the songs, it fits that very closely as well. Because mm-hmm. um, a lot of, for example, Sam Cooke, we've mentioned him a bunch of times now. A lot of his songs, on average, they're like two minutes, 45 seconds. Like very rarely does he have a song that goes more than three minutes. And these are a little bit longer than that, but not by much. So I think even like in the durations of the songs themselves, he kind of, Leon Bridges kind of matches that old style. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Whereas I would say in like a lot of modern albums now, I mean, probably the average song is almost five minutes and Mm. you'd probably at least get one or two that are like six minutes. Well, I I mean, I I think we talked about this before. I think the reason songs were so short back then is just for they were more the shorter it was the more likely it was to get airplay because back then disc jockeys were like you know we got to keep the kids attention mm-hmm. so songs were fairly longer than like three three and a half minutes because they're like oh you know the kids will get bored and change the channel <laughs> which is which is funny because then in the 70s everyone had like you know nine ten minute songs it yeah. kind of went full opposite yeah exactly but that's why it harkens back to that kind of like short soulful early mid 60s kind of style so I guess that's kind of a cool little detail that maybe not everybody would pick up on, but we caught mm-hmm. it because we're awesome. 
We caught it because we know about soul. <laughs> so once again, this album is called Coming Home. It's by Leon Bridges. You said it came out in June? June 24th. Okay, so just so, over two months ago. I was going to say we're about two months out. Mm-hmm. You listeners can listen to like I like we already said, listen to it on Spotify, on YouTube. They have music uh, videos. They have well, they even have like the the actual like track audio. Oh, there you go. Um, legitimately uploaded mm-hmm. by I think his own channel actually even has it all up- uploaded. So cool. Um, if you guys want to buy his album, it's on Amazon for like ten bucks CD. You can even it's get like, the vinyl like Kyle did. Yeah, it's like nineteen bucks for the vinyl. Not bad. I bought it. For a new vinyl, that's not bad at all. No, not at all. I was just like, sold. Because a lot of new albums, they're coming out, what they? they're like 30, 40 bucks, right? Exactly. Well, this one, well, sometimes the reason, reasoning for that is because it's a double LP. Because uh, they can't fit all the songs on one. But this one, because there's so few songs, they can easily fit it on one. Mm-hmm. And maybe he's not quite popular enough yet for it to justify a higher price. Yeah, probably. Good point. Because, you know, if Daft Punk comes out with, you know, when that one came out two years ago, God, it was on like final, that bucks. was expensive, but, you know, you could charge that and people would still buy it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you listeners want us to do any more reviews, and like like we said at the beginning, we don't really do them very often. We've probably only done five or six album reviews ever. Yeah. In the course of 128 episodes. Um, but they are kind of enjoyable to do. Mm-hmm. Um, there just isn't a lot of new stuff to review. Um, but if you listeners have any cool ideas, stuff you want us to tell you our opinions of, tell us on Facebook at facebook.com slash getyourfunk. Um, you could, I guess you could, you could also tell us on overmental.com. Um, that's where we post our, um, our new episodes. Uh, you can also leave comments there for feedback as well. Um, as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, we are on iTunes. So if you search for Funk Radio... Under the podcast section, you can subscribe to us there and be one of the many people who are already downloading uh, hundreds of our episodes, which is cool. I was trying to do, I was trying to do the math of 1,400 downloads to 127 episodes and be like, oh, that's like 11 downloads an episode or something. <laughs> um, I think, I mean, like, obviously, like, the really old episodes aren't being downloaded as much but like the the more recent ones i mean they're getting i would say like 40 to 60 downloads a piece hey if we can touch 40 to 60 hearts then i've done my job and that's not including the overmental community plays that's not that's also not including the uh the soundcloud plays as well and that that reminds me find us on soundcloud as well at soundcloud.com slash get your funk um i think that covers everything so this is this is a good one thanks for the recommendation kyle you're welcome thanks thank amazon (laughs) amazon they provide us with a whole amazon is love amazon is life so we will let you listeners be and you can listen to us again as you always do next time on funk radio bye